Welcome to another episode of Not Your K Podcast. I am your host, Hannah, and today we're going to talk about SM Entertainment's Beyond Live Concerts and April debuts and comebacks for the second half of the month. All right, so let's not dilly-dally. We got a lot to cover today, starting with SM's Beyond Live Concerts. Now, recently, SM Entertainment announced that they would be having online concerts for a few of their artists, and I'm guessing they haven't scheduled the other ones yet, but uh, these artists include Super M, Wavy, NCT Dream, and NCT 127. And these concerts cost 30 US dollars uh, per concert. Um, according uh, to them, for this fee, fans can view the concert live on up to two devices simultaneously. They'll also receive unlimited access to the video on demand or recorded version, which can be downloaded on Android and iOS and streamed simultaneously on up to five devices. And subtitles will be available. Now, if one wanted to view all four of these concerts, they would have to pay 120 US dollars in total. And that's not including whatever other concerts they plan on scheduling because they didn't include artists like EXO and Red Velvet. So this became a controversy because I think it became a contra- controversy because recently Big Hit Entertainment, BTS's uh, entertainment company, had the same thing except they streamed eight of their past BTS concerts for free on YouTube and it was called Bang Bang Con. So there was a lot of, I guess, spite towards SM for charging so much when they didn't even include, they weren't necessarily inclusive to the rest of their uh, artists. So, you know, people were very understandably upset that they would have to pay $120 to view the concert. I... I understand because, I mean, this isn't the same as going to an actual concert and seeing them. I mean, I paid $200 for two tickets to go to a BTS concert, which I feel like is, I feel like is understandable. One, because they have like so much going on at the concert. I personally have never been to any other K-pop concert, but, and they also have all these people that they have to fly over from Korea I I wasn't mad about paying that much money, but if you're talking about an online concert for $30, I don't personally believe that's so bad, but there are people out there that are going to want to view all four concerts. So I, I understand why there are angry fans, but on the other hand, there are people who are okay with it. Are they okay with paying the 30 or $120 for these concerts? And there are people speculating that they like it could be more than just a live stream based on the description of the V Live. So, 30 is $30 reasonable for each of these concerts? Is it, I don't I don't know, but when I read this article initially, my the first thing that came to mind was an article that I read in January or February talking about the 
the kind of the income brought in by all the big four uh, K-pop companies. So YG, JYP, Big Hit, and SM. I remember seeing that last year in 2019, SM, SM Entertainment uh, was actually at a deficit. So when it comes to this charging for their concerts, my theory is that they're using this coronavirus or, you know, stay at home, uh, quarantine type opportunity to make money since concerts have been either postponed or con uh, canceled because they're not making money off of these concerts that they have to cancel. And also it's not our, our responsibility to pay for the company to stay above water, but yeah, that's that's just my take on it. They're probably using this opportunity as a way to make more money and prevent something like what happened last year from happening this year. And I mean there are people out there that are willing to pay it. I mean, I'm not I'm not going to pay it, but cuz I'm pretty sure I can view them performing songs on YouTube anyway. Um let me know if there's something I'm missing. Maybe they have additional benefits to paying for these concerts. Would you pay $30 for a concert? I honestly, if it was a group that I liked enough, I would pay $30 for a live stream. Like it wouldn't matter that much to me, but I would not pay anywhere near $120 for a live stream concert when I could watch BTS's eight concerts for free. Eight, eight concerts for free on YouTube. I don't know. Let me know. Would you pay $30? for a live stream concert. Okay, so we're gonna get right into these comebacks and debuts for the second half of April. There was a lot going on for the second half of April. And I actually made a shareable playlist on Apple Music. So if you want to, you can listen to the comebacks and debuts that happened this month as well. Uh, or at least for just episode seven, because I did not make one for the last one. But you can li give a listen and let me know how you feel as well if uh, you get the chance to hear those out. So, yeah, we're going to start with GOT7's uh, mini album, uh, Die, D-Y-E. So at first, I listened to this album and I'm... I, honestly was not a fan of the title track, which is Not By The Moon. I heard the song and initially I didn't have any intention of listening to the rest of the album. If it weren't for this review, I would not have listened to that, the, the rest of the album solely based off of Not By The Moon. But I listened to the whole thing and I actually love every song on this mini album. So I was super close-minded at first, but I had a question and I go, I went where I usually go when I have weird questions or unexplainable questions. I went to the internet, Reddit more specifically, uh, and surprisingly I got a pretty good response. Uh, so I had the question, like, what is the criteria for artists or companies to choose, uh, songs to represent the the title track so so i went to reddit and i asked this question and i think 
best response would be a title track is usually the one that a company considers the most marketable and radio friendly. That isn't necessarily the best or most memorable track on the album. I remember Tableau of Epic High mentioning that one of their first albums they had to write a title track separately after the album was already complete because their company said that no track on the album was pop enough to be promoted. Okay, so with this in mind, I went back and listened to the entire CD or album again and I actually listened to it. I had to listen to Not By The the Moon like four or 15 times in order to start liking it. And I'm, I'm not an advocate for like continuously listening to a song until you like it. Like, but after listening to it so many times, thinking about like what was the motivation behind making this song, the, the title track, I, I started, it started getting stuck in my head and it's actually, I think that the title track completes the entire album. It, it makes it flow better, in my opinion. It's still my not my favorite song on the album, but I'd have to go... So I'm more of a party track type person, so I'd have to go... Crazy was number one. Number two was Love You Better. Number three was Poison. Number five was Aura. And number... number did I skip? Did I skip numbers? So number one was crazy. Number two was love you better. Number three was poison. Number four was aura. <laughs> and number five was trust my love. And the last one was not by the moon. The reason I said number five was, was aura before I mentioned number four is because originally aura was number, number five before it was number four. I have it written here, but the more I listened to the song, the more I started liking it. Like I play aura more often than I do not by the moon. I think about Aura a lot more than Trust My Love. Anyway, so yeah, that was my take on Got Seven's Die. I wasn't super impressed by the title track, but that didn't that wasn't indicative of the rest of the album for sure. I thought literally every other song on the album was better. <laughs> but again, we got to think about marketability and whatnot. Okay, so H&D made their debut this month, and let me tell you, oh my goodness, you need to stand, 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 stand these two boys. So, they released their mini album, Soulmate, and honestly, like, I was listening to the intro song, and I was like, this is, this is good enough to be to be the my favorite song on here and like I said before like I'm super weird with picking favorite songs on an album but the intro to this to this album is my favorite favorite song on this entire album and then you know their their title track was soul and so far this month this year in my opinion this has got to be the best debut H&D has to be the best debut so the title track Soul is a dancing song for sure. Like I can see myself fist pump into this in the club or whatever, but it's definitely my, my style. On the other hand, I would say it's kind of the opposite of the Got7 album in that they, the title track is amazing, but the rest of the album is sort of 
underwhelming. And although, you know, they're rookies, like it can only go, go up from here. And they really, they really knocked it out the park with this, this song, in my opinion. I, I have yet to go and check out what other people are saying about it on the, on the interwebs, but that, this has got to be my favorite debut so far. I mean, seriously, you need to stand, 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 these boys. All right. And next, uh, April, uh, made their comeback with their mini album, Da Capo. Uh, so their title track was La La Li La La, right? And I, this was... So on the opposite of the H&D mini album, and back to the GOT7 thing, the title track disappoints. It does. I don't know. I am not a huge fan of this title track. I, but it's not indicative, like I said, of the rest of the album. The rest of the album is surprisingly good. I'm not one of those people who is super into girl groups. Like, I go out of my way more to look up, like, boy bands. Oh, okay. And I gotta be honest. But when it comes to standing girl groups, I usually go for the not-so-typical, like, like Itzy or, you know, 21, Blackpink, those, those types. But I, I, I'm gonna be honest, this album was actually pretty decent. And I think, I mean, I'm not... I'm not gonna buy it, but I I enjoyed it enough. So I will definitely be skipping La La Li La La, but the rest of the songs I think one, two, three, four, or you dot zip would have been better title tracks for this group. And honestly, I haven't I haven't heard anybody else say anything otherwise, but I don't know. You can let me know, honestly, like I, I wouldn't say that I'm an expert in picking title tracks. I, I know what I like and La 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 was not something that I liked, but U.Zip, you got to give it a listen. You got to give it a listen. Former Wonder Girl member Yan, or now known as Hot Felt, uh, released her full albums uh, called 1719 and it has a total of 14 songs and I and let me tell you each one of these songs is phenomenal the full album features gecko and toyza but also some artists that i had never heard of before like tama ash island and soul s-o-l-e um, and when i say that there is nothing for me to pick at pick at nitpick about this album I mean that this whole album is a whole smooth flowing mood like I can picture myself driving down from LA to San Diego uh, looking at the beach on my right side just on my way home from LA down to San Diego listening to this song to this entire album it is so good and it's so much better than I expected because I, okay, when I initially heard the title track, Life Sucks, I was like, dang, this is so, this is so dark. Like, I, I don't know about the rest of this, but I, I gave the rest of it a listen and it's, it's so, it's so good. Like, I did not expect 
I don't know. I, I know that she's, she's a good artist, but I hadn't ever, I hadn't really heard her outside of the Wonder Girls. I know that she's been solo for a little bit, but I hadn't really ever heard her singing like on her own. So this is definitely an album worth checking out. Piercing featuring Tama, Cigar, and Make Love. Those are my three top songs on this album for sure. All right, another solo. We got uh, Solar making her solo debut with Spit It Out. Okay, now I personally had high hopes for this solo debut, given that she's from one of my favorite Korean girl groups, Mamamoo. I thought that it was going to be so good and I was so excited, but it was an extreme, this song was an extreme letdown for me. It was so underwhelming. The song was sort of like it was sort of boring in a way and then I saw them trying to make this song into like a TikTok challenge and it was just awkward it's still awkward I don't know by the way I mean her company of course but this was I was expecting so much from from Solar and it was just not this the song is just not it the the visuals were everything and the music video is everything like but she I, she sort of blended into the background and the song sort of i don't know it just i don't know it made me feel sour i don't know it just turned me the wrong way i did not like the song okay so a group that I never really listened to before was Gongwon Sonyo, which is GWSN. Their title track was Bazooka, and they came back this month. Um, there's, in my opinion, there's way too much auto tune in this album. After the bloom, if one song has auto tune, it's too much auto tune for the song. Like I thought we were over, I thought we had moved past all this auto tune. But given that, the album is really well put together, in my opinion. The whole album sort of flows really well together, even after the bloom is well placed in the album. But the audio is just too much, given the fact that I feel like we we should have moved past that, especially with... I had I know I had enough with, with when it came to uh, Seven's Digital Bounce era, but... This, this album, I think, is, is really, it's pretty decent. Tweaks follows uh, that retro flow of the, the rest of the album. And it sort of reminds me of a song that you'd hear if, you know, you're walking through H&M or Topshop even. But, yeah, I was pleasantly surprised. I'm always surprised by girl groups. I'm never, I'm never expecting much because I feel like I've been let down so many times that I don't know. I should just, I should just not expect much in the beginning anyway. That's, that's terrible to say, but it is what it is. All right. So I know we've all been waiting for NCT Dream to make their comeback and they did it. They did it. Let me tell you, I, so before this album came out, I went back and I looked at them from when they debuted with uh, Chewing Gum and they have grown up so much like I honestly cannot believe that it's only been it's only been like four or five years 
I gotta be honest with this comeback with Reload. Uh, Raiden is my least favorite song, but that's not saying much because they're all freaking amazing. And that's, and what's even better is that SM did away with their graduation system. So they're all here to stay. SM, uh, so SM decided not to graduate the members off into a different group or whatever. Uh, and Mark is coming back. Another album, this, this one is definitely another album that I have nothing bad to say about. I can't, like, there's nothing. I don't know. They're all good songs. I can't say anything bad about it. All right. So another solo artist, Chona, she came back with Stay the Night, Stay Tonight. Sorry. This song is everything. The music video is everything. The visuals were everything. The core, the choreo was everything. The thing that made me love this song was the music video with, with Chunga's vocals along. It didn't really have the, the girth it needed to survive on its own. In my mind, I feel like I would have loved this song regardless though. Her voice always sounds so strained to me though, but all of her songs are so like all of her songs so far I've loved. So she's definitely got the formula down. Like, you ain't got to listen to me. You don't have to listen to anything I have to say. But Chung Out Stay the Night is so... It's been on replay since I downloaded it. That's all. Now we have Oh My Girl with Nonstop. So I just want fans of this song and this album to explain to me the the appeal to this to this song because I I don't know if I like it and I don't know if I hate it if I'm gonna be honest with you I don't understand how this song won uh, an award already but uh, I don't know it's just not this this is just not it's just it's just not it's not it it's not it for me. I just need someone to explain the appeal behind this song for me. I understand it was popular in Korea, but is it popular in the United States? Is it popular in English speaking countries? That's what I want to know. So yeah, there were a few artists that I didn't mention today. Like Kanto came back on April 19th with his song Favorite. Bandit, I believe, released a pre-release track on April 20th called Children. In fact, released their pre-release on the 21st with their full album releasing on the 28th. Noir uh, came back with Up in the Up the Sky, April 27th. And Jay Park made his comeback on April 25th with All the Way Up. Now, I am extremely excited for next month. If next month is, gonna, is anything like this month was, next month is going to be crazy, especially with IU and Sugar's collab coming up. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Not Your K Podcast. Once again, I am your host, Hannah. Today's song of the day is Jay Park's newest song, All the Way Up. Make sure you follow me on Instagram, Twitter, and like our Facebook page. And I'll see y'all next time. Bye.